With Hashem's deep love, you're listening to the 100th edition of the Daily Kabbalah Lesson. We're speaking about the concept that the oral tradition that we have, the Talmud that we have, everything that's given over to us is given over as a tradition that goes back to Moses, to Moshe Rabbeinu, and Har Sinai. He says it's also important for us to realize that the laws themselves, as we said, so whether we're talking about the positive commandments or negative commandments, they're all something that we have as a tradition from Moshe Rabbeinu. However, our sages also received in this tradition that the the concepts that are contained within the oral tradition are actually hinted to in the words of the Torah itself, in the way that the Torah writes whatever law it's speaking about in the Torah Shavik in the written Torah. So sometimes it will use an extra letter, an extra word, in order to teach us something that's actually contained in the oral tradition. So, and the Ramchal also says that it was something that was well known to them, it was agreed upon by all of the sages at the time, that God wants us to be involved in trying to figure out where the hints are and what the idea was that the Torah intended to hint to. So that's what we find in the Talmud that you'll have people, the different Amoram, the different rabbis of the Talmud, who are looking, trying to understand where's the hint to this concept that's contained in the oral tradition. Each one according to that which they understood to the best of their ability. So that's why you'll find that in fact there's a back and forth and there's conversations about it and you'll have one person who has it, he understands that it's hinted to in this verse. You'll have another person who says it's hinted to in, in a different verse. And many times you also find that the hints don't exactly work out so well in the simple understanding of the verses themselves. But the idea is, as we said, that the law itself, the concept that they're teaching is something that they have in the oral tradition. However, it's, it's possible to find a hint to it in the Torah. And it's also important to note that when they were saying these things, when they were finding these hints, they weren't at all coming to say that this is the understanding, the simple understanding of the verse. No, the, the verse itself is not Yotzimi De Pshuto, it doesn't leave its simple understanding. But they were saying, as we said, that there's a hint, that the Torah is hinting to something that uh, we have in the oral tradition. This is what we refer to as an asma. The word asmachta means that there's a hint or something to lean on, so to speak, in the Torah itself to something that we have in the oral tradition. Now, the Ramchal says that all we've been talking about until now is the concept that we have in the normal Gemara, the normal Talmud, the normal oral tradition that we have the back and forth, the give and take of the Gemara. However, when we talk about the Agados, the parts of the Gemara that speak about stories, or they speak about sometimes Kabbalistic ideas that are hinted to in some kind of parable, so those have a totally different explanation, a totally different way of approaching them, and he's not discussing it here, he says he discussed it in a different place. Another important idea that we have is that sometimes you'll have a takana, the sages will enact some kind of enactment, another halacha, another law that we have to do, and it's something that's not actually part of the tradition from before, however, they'll find some kind of hint to it in the Torah itself, but the hint is going to be something that's very, very far from the actual literal translation of the verse, but they'll do this for a number of different reasons, and it's still called an asmachta, a hint, like we said in the previous discussion, however, this type of asmachta is much more superficial, nevertheless, it's something that Hashem himself, God himself, when he wrote the Torah, he actually hinted to these things, because of course God knows everything, he knows it's going to be in the future, he knows that the rabbis are going to enact these enactments, and that's how they were able to find it, and it's also something to remind ourselves of the law, to hint to ourselves, to help us remember the law, that law that the rabbis enacted. Another important thing is sometimes you'll have a law that the rabbis say, and it's something that's actually an argument between different rabbis, and the reason is because the Torah left it, God wanted that it should be something that's left for our svar, for us to be able to figure out on our own. So despite the fact that it's an argument about the matter, nevertheless, whatever the psak is, whatever the final law is, based on the laws that God gave over for us to understand how do we establish the law, meaning there's a concept that you go after the rove, you go after the many. So despite the fact that it was something that they argued about, nevertheless, since we have the psak, we have the law, we know what to do, God directed us what to do in such a case, therefore we, we should know that we're doing exactly what we're supposed to do according to what God wants. 
Another important tradition that we have is that the Torah says in Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 11 says, You shouldn't turn away from what they say to you right or left. And what that teaches us, the intent of Hashem when He wrote this verse was to give us an injunction that we should listen to the sages and the Batidin and the, the courts when they make any kind of enactments or decrees that we have to listen to them. And even though it's not actually the Torah itself, it's not the words of the Torah itself, however, when they're saying these things, so they're doing it in order to help us in our mitzvah observance to keep the Torah itself to make Gedar and to make fences around the Torah itself to make sure that we do what Hashem wants us to do so therefore certainly Hashem is maskim Hashem agrees acquiesces to what they said and He wants us to keep these laws that they have made up just as much as He wants us to keep the Torah itself Furthermore, when the sages created their enactments, so they did it as a gather, like we said, a fence around the Torah, but they did it in a similar way to what the Torah itself had done. And it was clear that Hashem, He decided, He gave over in the tradition itself, that He wanted the sages, the, the Jewish people, with, through the tradition, to be involved in actually creating these fences around the Torah. Furthermore, Sitram Chal, our approach to the mitzvahs, our, the way that we see the mitzvahs, we have to know that there's no difference in how we have to observe the commandments that are explicit in the Torah and the commandments, the enactments of the sages. Hashem wants us, God wants us to fulfill them equally. That's why He gave them the power to be able to do this. The only difference that we find is that when it comes to a doubt in regards to a commandment that's written explicitly in the Torah, so then we always have to go to Chumrah, we are stringent. However, when it comes to a matter which is from the sages, so then if we have a doubt about that, then we go Lakula, we go uh, to the lenient side. But he explained that this has nothing to do with the fact that there's a quantitative or qualitative difference between the types of mitzvahs known that the same. However, just like we find in regards to the different commandments that are explicit in the Torah, so different punishments for transgressing them, some things you'll have a certain type of death, other things you'll have a different type. So too in regards to this, when you have a, a, a Do'oraisa, something that's from the Torah itself, or something that the rabbis enacted, they both have the same echut, the same quality, they're both of a chiv, an obligation just as much. However, there'll be a different approach to them depending on what they have, again, from the oral tradition. This explains, says the Ramchal, why we find that the Talmud, the oral law, will have a discussion, a back and forth about the halachos, the different laws that pertain to something which is from the Torah, but you'll also have a discussion at length about the different laws that are rabbinic, and the reason is because in the Torah's eyes, in the tradition's eyes, so these are equal in God's eyes, so that's why we have this back and forth in this conversation. And again, as we said, it's God's will that we be equally as involved and take equally as seriously the, the commandments that are da'oraisa, that are from the Torah, as well as the rabbinic ordinances. And the last thing that the Ramchal says to finish off this Mamar Karim, this section of the book, and the whole book as well, is that the rabbis also received in the tradition that there are times when the court has the ability, and we're talking about a court of great Torah sages, sometimes they have the ability to actually nullify one of the Torah's commandments, this in order that we able be able to properly keep the other commandments of the Torah, but only in such a way that you're not actively going and uh, breaking it, but rather you're sitting by and not fulfilling it. For instance, like we have in regards to shofar and lulav, which we don't fulfill that commandment if the holiday falls out on Shabbos, like we see in the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, on Daf Chavtes, page 29, as well as in the Gemara in Sukkah, on Daf Membez, page 42. Of course, this is all in accordance with the oral tradition, as we mentioned, and God's will.